Welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School in Fairfax, Virginia. In this space, we explore our calling to raise up the next generation to be salt and light in the world. Hello, and welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. I'm your host, Joe Wilbur, and today I'm sitting down with Trinity's new head of school, Dr. Matt Thomas. Dr. Thomas comes to us from Baylor University, where he served as the executive director of the Center for School Leadership, overseeing the operations of the center, leading development, strategy, and planning, and coordinating programs serving more than 900 schools. Dr. Thomas has served in education for more than 25 years, serving in Christian schools, higher education, seminaries, the Christian nonprofit sector, and pastoral ministry. Dr. Thomas has devoted his career to serving and strengthening Christian educational institutions for the flourishing of students, faculty, and staff. Today, he has agreed to take time out of his increasingly busy schedule to allow us to ask him questions so that our listeners can get to know him a little bit better. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be sitting with you, and thanks for the opportunity to talk. Of course. All right. So at the time that we are recording this, this is your first week officially as Trinity's Mm -hmm. head of school, and it's Thursday. So how has the week been? Fast. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. gone by incredibly quick, but it has been an amazing week. It really has. I have been intentional on how to spend my first couple of days, and so I started the week with a meeting with kind of a representative body of executive leaders across the the campus. And so uh, I wanted a very large group of people to inform me of as many things uh, that related to Trinity as possible. So mm-hmm. I created this team, what I call the executive leadership team. And so it is a place where I can gather feedback quickly and I can also disseminate information quickly so that it can be known to as many people as possible. And then in turn, I can get really good feedback quickly from a very wide swath of Trinity representation. So that was important. But then I I started diving into people that I work closely with. And so worked with administration most of my first day and spent the day just getting to know them and getting to know what they do and how Trinity works. But uh, then my second day was spent with teachers. I spent uh, four hours in listening sessions with almost uh, more than 25 teachers that were mm. here across that day. And and I was able to just sit with them, hear their hearts, why they love Trinity. Uh, they were able to voice some of their anxieties about new leadership and mm. tra- transitions and seasons of change. And so I felt like I was able to get a really fast education about the condition of our folks that are here, that are working here every single day doing really good work. Mm. And so in light of that, I think it couldn't have been better because I was able to see Trinity for Trinity. And I was able to really understand the work that we get to do and who we get to do it with and how we can best move forward. And so it was a delightful week. I think throughout all of my meetings, there's been a consistent theme though. And I think it's representative just about every meeting I was in that there is an immense love for Trinity Mm. and the people within Trinity. So People actually do love each other here, and it's incredibly encouraging, and they're concerned for the well-being of not just the institution, but every person that is here. And so I walk away from this week thinking, 
what better scenario to be walking in where a group of people actually enjoy being together? Are there deficiencies and gaps? Of course, every institution has those and we'll address those as they are able to be addressed. But the key things that needed to be in place are, and that's people Mm. who love the Lord and love one another. Mm, Very well said. And I can see you're already picking up on that culture here at Trinity, which is that ultimately we're a family and that's how we see ourselves. and, And that's amazing. What ultimately made you decide to come to Trinity? Well, if this is what every August is like, the weather, (laughs) Uh, it is beautiful. I can't believe that I get to sit outside in the morning or evening coming from the last five years in Waco. I think today is 108, uh, what the feels like of 115. So uh, this is great, but that's not what drew us to uh, (laughs) Northern Virginia or Trinity. I think initially the reason I would say was because so much of what shapes not only our country, but what shapes our world begins in this area, in mm. Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. area. Right. And so to be able to serve in an institution that has the opportunity to impact Christian education, not just nationally, but globally as well, that is intriguing and exciting mm. to me. To be able to work in that kind of an institution with impact opportunities is very appealing. And so that was initially what attracted me to this role. And then I started the search process and I began meeting the search team. Um, and then I met the board. And then I was privileged to come on campus with my wife, Beth, in October of last year. And then I would say once I began meeting the people, it quickly changed from opportunities globally, nationally, to I get to work with some really good educators And one of the privileges I've had at Baylor has been to work with so many different Christian schools across really the world. And I'm struggling to find a school that is better equipped with more expertise with a group of people that love the Lord as much as Trinity. So when I started meeting people, I thought, this is a place I would love to be a part of. How can Mm -hmm. I find myself working here? And so that very quickly became the motive for us to pursue this role. And we've quickly fell in love with everything Trinity. Mm, Yeah, I can tell you have a really people-centric view, which is amazing. And absolutely, the teachers we have here are amazing. I often think of them as the lifeblood of the school. I think a school is only as good as its teachers. So true. Yeah, we're so glad to have you you here and meeting Mm -hmm. with them. So what would you say you are most looking forward to in your new role and even in this upcoming year? Well, in the same vein, it's getting to know the people. I mean, the people that I met was a small representation of all of Trinity. And so I've got a lot of work to do. The work is getting to know the people. And so I'm I'm thrilled about that. And and one thing that I know to be true is that it's always the people that make institutions what they really are. So coming alongside and serving faculty and staff, engaging students, acquainting myself with parents is a priority for me. So Mm -hmm. even this morning, I was walking between buildings and students don't even know who I am. And I'm shaking their hands and, you know, getting to know them. And they're like, who is this gentleman that's, uh, you know, so happy? And why is he? <laughs> it's uh, And so it's been a joy. I've been in teachers' classrooms. I've been in the gymnasium with some athletes uh, yesterday, uh, met coaches uh, and parents in Carline already. That's what I need to do. I've got to know the people that God has called me to serve. And so that's a priority. And so I'm looking forward to it probably the most of anything that's before me. 
Yes. And I know our community is so looking forward to getting to know you as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, on that note, I think change is really hard for a lot of people. And obviously, with new leadership, uh, Trinity's in a season of change. What can you say to dissuade some of those fears and assure the community that we are in good hands? Thank you for for that question, because it's been weighing on me for for quite some time. And change always feels hard. It is hard. And, And I would say in my own life right now, there isn't an area where I'm not experiencing change. Every day I awaken, it's different than any other day that I've ever lived before. I'm driving a new route. I'm living in a new home. I'm living in a new neighborhood. I'm encountering new things. As soon as I come on campus, it's new. Every person I meet is typically a new person. It's new for my family. It's new for my girls and my wife. And so we can speak firsthand. It's hard. Change is hard. But, you know, a, a couple of things that I've learned and hope to apply maybe in the work that we're doing at Trinity would be number one, and I want to be very, you know, quick to say this, Trinity is in good hands, not because it was in Dr. Vanderpool's hands or because it's in my hands, but because Trinity has always been in God's hands. Hmm. And so that hasn't changed. There's this right. constancy that is that is remaining. So this is always going to be God's school. Those whom God chooses to steward its leadership may change, but the one ultimately responsible, providentially responsible for everything that takes place on this campus will always be God. And so I take comfort in that, in that, you know, yes, there's new leadership and there's some new ideas and there's some new things that are taking place, but ultimately God is still on his throne and he is still aware and nothing that we're doing takes him by surprise. Mm. I think secondly, though, my hope in light of change is to move methodically, uh, strategically, uh, carefully, so that we communicate any changes that are occurring broadly, so that anyone impacted by that change is fully aware. You know, no one, no one wants something to be done to them. And so my hope is to over-communicate, is to create areas where I can gather as much feedback as possible so that while change is is occurring, people are comfortable with that. And they have outlets to voice their anxiety. Yesterday, one of the questions I asked teachers in a very vulnerable space, I said, what is causing you anxiety right Mm. now? And I had some incredibly transparent and deep answers. And for that, I'm thankful. But if we don't create those opportunities for people to actually voice Mm. their fears, then we'll never address them. And so then we're in uh, a world of hurt. Uh, Another thing in, in terms of change, when we think about change is people are wondering, well, what? kind of change is is Mm. going to be happening. And so, you know, my vision for Trinity is is first and foremost to catalyze what we're doing well even more. And so what are we doing really well and how do we do it even better? And how do we improve in those areas? And so that's going to be one of my, you know, joys is discovering good things and how we can even bring more to bear on that. But beyond that, my vision for Trinity is that as we continue to you know, explore what it will look like in the future, ultimately we want to effectively influence students with the gospel so that each student is equipped to see and know God for who he truly is, which mm-hmm. is why we do Christian education, not to help students do something better, 
but to be someone better. And mm-hmm. so that's really what we're after. So any change that occurs will always be in light of helping students be more of who God has created them to be. One thing that that I learned at Baylor, and Baylor was a wonderful place. It was really actually very, very hard to leave Baylor. But one thing that my colleagues and I were greatly impacted by was President Livingstone's belief that the world needs a Baylor. She would say that often. It was in her inaugural speech. She would say it almost annually to us. And she would, she would always lead with the, the world needs a Baylor. And, and I believe, I believe the world needs a Trinity. The world will benefit from Trinity producing students who have an academic and spiritual foundation that's prepared them to enter the field that God is calling them to enter. And so any changes that occur is is always going to be taken or made in light of that end. We want students to be better prepared, not just academically, not just spiritually, but holistically Mm. to do what God has created them to do. Yeah, wow, very well said. So I'm definitely hearing an emphasis on gathering feedback and also just keeping that holistic perspective in mind that it's the whole student and they're made in the image of God. And how do we care for their souls before sending them into the world? That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for answering those questions. And now I would love to move into some fun questions just to get to know you better and help our community to get to know you a little bit better as a person. What is, would you say, the best advice you've ever received? You know, that's one of the hardest questions I've ever been asked. Um, <laughs> I, I would say early in my life, a mentor spoke into my life and said, never stop learning. Mm. And so since then, I have set out to just love learning. And so I have an addiction with buying books and I have way too many books. And I've since moved to Nova, have purchased probably a dozen books already that um, I'm I'm just uh, intrigued by learning. I am constantly reading articles, reading research, but I'm also open to learning from others. So, you know, one of the things that I neglected to, to say maybe in the first week, I've learned a lot and mm-hmm. it's, it's helpful. It's not just learning about the institution, but I've learned uh, about leadership and I've been able to apply things that I've already gained from my conversations with teachers and administrators. And so I have made it a lifelong goal to just continue learning. Um, I learn from my children every day. They're probably some of the strongest educators I know, and they're not even doing it knowingly. Uh, my wife is instrumental in shaping me and guiding me and Mm. and helping me learn. But I learn from, I attempt to learn from as many people as possible. So at the end of the day, I I typically reflect, what did I learn? And try to capture that in some journaling that I do. But learning is so critically important to Mm. kind of the center of what I do and who I am. And how fitting that you work in the education sector. <laughs> there that's you right. Go. That's right. Maybe you just spoke to this, but the next question is, what motivates you? I think finishing well, you know, um, mm. seeing the end. My life verse is Acts twenty twenty four. Uh, it says, but I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the grace of God. Mm. And so every day I'm fully aware of the grace that I need and the mercy that I've received and that it is the empowerment of what I get to do. But finishing and uh, mm. walking uh, into that finish line is ultimately what I what I hope motivates me every single day. Mm, that eternal perspective. I love that. Mm. Um, in a similar vein, who motivates or inspires you? 
You know, I would, I would say different people at different times. Um, there's been historical figures. There have been mentors. But if, since you're asking me today, I, I would say my wife and my girls. Hmm. And um, they're resilient. They're fully human. Uh, they're responsive. But they're sweet. And um, we, we define sweet in our home. It's been passed down from now three generations. What is sweet? What does it mean to be sweet? And it, it means to be like Jesus. Mm. And so, um, you know, I get a little emotional about that. But my wife and girls are, they're tough and they're godly and they love Jesus. And um, so, yeah, I would say right now that would be <clears throat> the inspiration that I have Every single day when I awaken and get up and come to this wonderful place, it's because of them. Oh, I love that answer. I like that they're tough and sweet. <laughs> they go hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, what is your favorite way to spend a day off? I love spending it with my family. Um, and now that we're in Northern Virginia, we have a lot of places to explore. So we love hiking. Um, some kind of outdoor activity is typically what we like to do. In terms of exploring new areas, we typically, if we're not hiking or exploring, we look for two things. We look for really good independent bookshops where we can just find you know, those really great books. And we look for good coffee shops. Um, we think those two things will make or break a day. And so, which by the way, we're going to have to up our game here at Trinity for coffee. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to have to find some more. I've looked in different buildings for who has the best coffee available. So we'll, uh, we'll be improving in that, but, um, certainly love to do <laughs> that with my family. Um, anything that I can do to spend time with my kids and my wife is just, a delightful day. Mm. Well, I love that. I love the priorities, coffee especially. And then speaking of books, <laughs> if you had to write one yourself, what would you write about? I would write a book about formation and how particularly students are formed. Mm. I think part of my passion is is addressing this issue not only in the lives of students, but in the lives of institutions and how institutions through their habits and their liturgies and their practices are mm. shaping, whether for good or bad, uh, the life and the faith of students. And so often we, we try to measure a student's growth spiritually in ways that are external, which unfortunately can be manufactured. So mm. we can do a really good job of creating students who know a lot about God, but they're only scribes, hmm. you know? They're the scribes that Jesus addressed who knew the law, but did not know Jesus. Right. And then there's those that can externally do in ways that can convince others or even themselves that this is how my faith is formed. And those those two things, knowledge and, and serving, are critical outcomes right. though they're outcomes of something that's happening internally right and so my desire is is and we're, we're actually doing some research on this through through Baylor and and through some of the work that I'm continuing to do on how are we shaping the formate or how are we shaping the faith of students in Christian institutions particularly K12 Christian schools right how are we doing that and and what is it that we're doing that's actually contributing to the development of faith? How are we handing the faith down from one generation to the next? And, and I think 
we need to ask better questions. I think we need to explore more meaningful ways to truly develop students' faith so that when they leave a Christian institution, that faith does not get checked at the door. Right. And, and so often we, we blame churches or parents or schools, whatever. And, and the blame, I'm not in a blame game. It, let's solve problems yeah. and let's let's have a real discussion. So I'm actually already started thinking about this book and there's a couple colleagues of mine that we're working on. What does it look like to form mm. the faith of one generation to the next? Right, I love that. And it's the whole mind and heart piece. That's what we're all about here yes. at Trinity is pursuing excellence, not just for mind, but for mind and heart. And that's the namesake of this podcast because that is who we are. I mean, that's what's so important to us. We're not just sharpening minds, we're softening hearts. That's too. right. What is the coolest place you've ever been? I've been blessed to take a lot of mission trips to a lot of great places, Costa Rica, Western Europe, England, and then mm. camping in Yosemite. But I think Hawaii, you know, some of those places are amazing. But I think recently my wife and I celebrated our 29th anniversary by going to Israel. Mm. And it was transformative. It was a beautiful place. Being able to stand in places where incredible acts were performed by Jesus is life-changing. Mm. And to see honestly the blindness that still exists in that geographic area mm. to the gospel is unbelievable and it's mind-blowing and so um where we were either at the wailing wall or when we were on um you know um, in the temple or we were walking in the desert or all of those places were just unbelievably magnificent and so i would have to say israel um with my wife it was just a, a phenomenal trip mm. well that's awesome and congratulations on 29 yeah, years thank you. that's amazing how did you all meet if you don't mind me asking we met in youth group, actually. Um, we were both 15 years old, and I was wow. visiting uh, the youth group, and I needed a pencil to sign in, and she was the young lady that handed me a pencil. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so we became best friends, and our families were close, and then we spent a lot of time together in youth group. So we were that uh, couple of kids that were always encouraging our youth pastor to schedule more events because it meant we could see each other. That's Aww. typically where we dated, if you will, was at church. And so, um, but yeah, her dad was the senior pastor and my dad was uh, his worship pastor. So um, wow. our dads worked together and that's how we met. Truly a match made in heaven. It was. I've been together since 15. So it's been, I, I have very few memories without my wife in them. And Aww. so we've just been together, it seems like, forever. Wow. What a huge blessing. That's it awesome. Is. It is. What is one skill that maybe you don't have now, but that you would love to learn? Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'd love to learn it, but I wish I would have learned it. And I love music. I mm. mean, I whistle, I sing. Um, people have already commented, do you not whistle ever? Uh, do you not? <laughs> I'm humming. I love music. It's on in my office. It will be playing on my phone uh, because music is such a critical and, and just a, an important part of our family's life and my life. And as a child, I was taught to play instruments, played trumpet and piano, cool. and it didn't stick. <laughs> and I wish that I could develop the skill. I wish I would have mm. stuck with it. I yeah. would love to be able to sit at a piano and just play and lead worship or play a guitar or, you know, play in an orchestra. Yeah. Uh, music is so 
um, important and it's so moving and has such an impact on people's lives. Yeah. I would love to have been able to do that, but you know, um, I guess books is the route I went instead. But uh, I wish I could develop the skill of playing the piano or playing an instrument that would allow every person to come together and sing. Mm, yeah, totally. I have a very musical husband, so mm. um, I'm always jealous that he could just pick up a guitar or a drum and just well, do his thing. But. Our offices are close enough. Maybe he can, you know, just in our spare time. There you go. Teach Jam me. sesh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a particular genre of music that you prefer? Or Oh, no. I'm so eclectic in that. I love all music. Awesome. I mean, really, I do. Wow. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, uh, before we let you go, we do have some surprise questions for you. Okay. We thought we would wrap up sort <laughs> okay. of this podcast on a fun rapid fire this or that. All right. So surprise rapid fire this or that questions. Here we go. Sweet or salty? Both. <laughs> okay. We're not off to <laughs> okay, a good start, okay. Dr. Thomas. <laughs> start? Okay. So let's start that over again. Sweet. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Summer or winter? Where? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, summers, Here. summers. Summers. You don't like the cold? Not a fan. Yeah, yeah. You come from California to right. be expected. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Morning person. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I knew the answer. Yes. <laughs> Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Book or movie? Book. Obviously. Pen or pencil? Pen. Fountain pen. Fountain pen. Awesome. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you have a dog? I do. What kind of dog do you have? I have a golden doodle. Maggie. A golden did the best kind of dog. I love her. Oh, yeah. Maggie. Don't tell my kids, though. <laughs> so you've got, so they're all girls, including the dog. All girls, Maggie. including my dog. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Um, call or text? Neither. Face to face. Good answer. A call. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Chocolate. That's the right answer. Comedy or drama? Comedy. Playlist or podcast? Podcast. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. Awesome. You're a surfer, right? I have been. I have not been able to go. I did bring my surfboard, hoping Ooh. that we could get to the East Coast sometime. But yes, so I have a nine foot six uh, Ron John surfboard sitting in my garage right now waiting to be ridden. Awesome. Well, we'll let you get to it then. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and answering all of our serious and silly questions. Absolutely. We do appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. If you enjoyed this conversation, leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. It helps us so much. For more information, visit us at www.tcsfairfax.org.